Hello and welcome to the WRI podcast. I'm Nicholas Walton and in this episode the focus is on the world's tropical forests. Every year we release the figures for tree cover loss through Global Forest Watch and we've now got the figures for what happened around the world in 2019. The overall picture is not good. The tropics lost the best part of 12 million hectares of tree cover last year with nearly a third of the loss in critical tropical primary forests. Joining me down the line from the US is Francis Seymour. Francis, uh, what's being measured with these tree loss figures and, and what are the main headlines? Well, what's being measured is indeed tree cover loss, which is distinct from deforestation, which implies a, a permanent conversion to non-forest. And from the satellite data, which is the basis for this um, we can detect that loss, but of course not know whether it represents a permanent change. So that's why we use the term tree cover loss. The headlines um, this year, I'm afraid, as you've suggested, um, are not good in that we seem to be stuck at a high level of tree cover loss in the tropics, and particularly with the extremely valuable primary forest, which when it does uh, lose its tree cover, it does tend to stay that way. So this is quite a catastrophe from the point of view of both uh, the climate agenda and staying with the Paris Agreement goals, but also for biodiversity, for indigenous peoples and for many other objectives. Uh, well, let's uh, let's take a look at some of the regions around the world, the most critical regions, uh, starting with Southeast Asia. Uh, now, the overall picture isn't good around the world, but the, the situation in countries like Indonesia specifically is relatively positive. It is, um, and that's because Indonesia has now managed to keep its tree cover loss numbers down for three years in a row, following the spikes that uh, occurred during 2015 and, and 16 due to the, the catastrophic forest fires that were experienced um, at that time. And so that's definitely good news that, that the drop um, was not you know, some kind of one-off anomaly, but seems to be more of a persistent trend. Uh, but there has been, as far as I understand it, in 2019, there were fires that year as well, and yet the figures still look as though they're more positive. That's true, and, and, and an important nuance in that um, often tree cover loss that happens late in the year is only detected in the data in the following year, just because of things like you know cloud cover or, or the haze prevents the satellite from detecting the tree cover loss in the year that it occurred. So it's certainly possible that some of the, the tree cover loss that actually happened in 2019 won't show up until the, the 2020 data. So that's, that's one, one caveat on that good news story. Uh, what's driving the good news here? Uh, is, it, uh, is it policy? Is it uh, companies? Obviously, a lot of uh, commercial interest in oil palm plantations uh, in, in Indonesia. It is no doubt a combination of those things. And, you know, it takes more time to actually, you know, tease out the, the various proportions of, of responsibility from the different factors. Um, in Indonesia, um, Weather is often an important variable where, you know, a particularly dry season will lead to more loss from fires. Um, commodity prices um, are often important with a, a certain lag when you have, you know, higher prices, people are driven to clear more land um, for those commodities. So all those factors certainly um, to play into to these numbers. But I, I don't think we should minimize the importance of government effort 
um, that the Indonesian government did put into place following the trauma of the 2015 fires in terms of um, extending moratorium on further clearing of, of primary forests and peatlands and moratorium on further opening for, for oil palm plantations, and also just signaling a seriousness about um, preventing and controlling fire that, that has trickled down to um, many corporate actors and, and, and local governments. And so um, I think the, the effort um, is, is reflected in these numbers, um, but all, we certainly have to, to recognize the other possible compounding factors in the data. But does this all suggest that there are lessons that could be learned and, and policies or, or uh, practices implemented elsewhere in the world to get similarly positive results? Absolutely. And, and that's one of the reasons why I feel that these persistently high numbers are unacceptable because we actually know quite a lot about what drives deforestation and what can be done to, to reduce it. And so, um, for example, we know that law enforcement works. And so I think the Indonesia example shows that, you know, when a government um, both signals and then follows through on an intent to um, enforce the law, um, that ends up showing up in the data. Um, on the other hand, if a government relaxes regulations or signals an intent to do so, um, that shows up in the data as well. And so, for example, um, one of the big stories this year is, of course, the massive tree cover loss that happened in Bolivia due to um, catastrophic fires that burned in 2019. And I don't think it's a coincidence that those fires followed a relaxation of regulations on burning for agricultural clearing. And so there's a, you know, an association between, between those two things. Um, another example that's, that's related to uh, government signaling and enforcement is what we're seeing in Brazil in terms of encroachment on indigenous people's territories. Um, one thing that's becoming clearer and clearer in the data is how just the, the presence of indigenous peoples tends to have a protective function over um, uh, maintaining tree cover. And once indigenous territories are legally recognized, that even enhances that, that protective function. And so if you have an administration in Brazil that signals that it wants to follow through on a campaign promise to open up indigenous territories, for example, for commercial mining, people get that signal and, and um, you know, start the, start the encroachment. So I think the, the, there are many, um, it, it's in, a, in an odd way, it's, it's encouraging that the data is actually illuminating how what we, we were pretty confident we knew about what drives and slows deforestation, you know, actually is showing up in, in the 2019 data. Did the figures for Brazil disappoint you? They're, they're, apart from the bad forest fire years of uh, 2016 and 17, it's pretty much the worst figures for, the, for well over a decade. That's right. And, um, you know, because Brazil does have such vast um, forest resources, um, Brazil drives the global numbers. And, and so Brazil alone is responsible for about a third of the, the primary forest loss uh, last year. And so, of course, the fact that it is, is staying at, at high levels um, is of a, a global concern. I think um, what was interesting and perhaps surprising to some people um, is that even though there were um, such significant fires in 2019, people thought, well, gosh, shouldn't we see a, a big jump up again? And um, while it's too soon to, to know definitively, the sense is that the reason we didn't so, see so much 
primary tree cover loss uh, in Brazil in 2019 is actually a lot of the burning that was taking place was taking place on areas that had already been deforested and were just now being in the final stages of clearing for, for um, pasture or, or cultivation. And so while you know it's, it's definitely part of an ongoing cycle of, of deforestation, um, those fires didn't directly result in, in a, a major uptick in, in uh, primary tree cover loss compared to the year before. But let's let's be clear that the level is very high, um, both in terms of global significance as well as in um, Brazil's uh, trajectory. You know, starting from about two thousand three, two thousand four. Uh, recently, there's been a, a fairly well publicized narrative that in Brazil or the Amazon more generally, that once it reaches a certain point or a certain rate, then it's extraordinarily hard to, to, to prevent the collapse of these ecosystems. Do you see anything happening there with the, especially the, the, the primary forests? Of course. Uh, this is the, the so-called you know, tipping point um, hypothesis that because of the role that forests play in transporting moisture from the oceans across continents, if you disrupt that um, cycle at a significant scale, you could actually flip the whole character of the ecosystem at large scale. And, and in the case of the Amazon, going from a humid tropical uh, rainforest environment to a, a drier savanna. And you know, it's one of those things where you don't know what the threshold is until you've crossed it. Um, but it's kind of one of those things that we wouldn't want to find out because the implications both um, locally as well as globally would be truly catastrophic because once all of that carbon that's currently sequestered in the vegetation and soils of the Amazon goes up into the atmosphere, it's really, you know, one of those beyond the point of no return uh, kind of kind of scenarios. So um, any uh, further loss, much less at the scale that we're seeing now, um, is of, of great concern. Uh, moving across the Atlantic to, to Africa, now it's uh, home to one of the other great river basins in, in the Congo. Uh, but then there's also little patches of forests that are being threatened in places like Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire out in West Africa. What, what's the general picture? What are your impressions about the, the tree cover loss data there? Um, I would highlight two things. First, for the, the Congo Basin areas, um, just linking to our previous conversation, that's another one where there's new science suggesting that these forests are transporting moisture across the continent and could influence rainfall as far away as the, the Nile Basin. So um, a pretty significant reason to care about um, those, those forests from a regional rainfall perspective and not just from the point of view of either a global climate or, or, or local well-being. Um, the, the rate of tree cover loss in the DRC is another one where it seems to be stuck, you know, at pretty high levels, not a big difference from, from the, the, the couple of previous years. Um, the new thing is that um, there was some analysis just coming out a couple of months ago showing that while the, the data suggests most of that tree cover loss is from small scale agricultural clearing, the new insight is that actually a significant part of that small-scale clearing may be happening around new commercial um, investments in you know, agribusiness or, or infrastructure or mining. And so the linkage between the commercial uh, interventions into the forest and the small-scale clearing is, is perhaps larger than we had previously thought. In West Africa, um, one of the good news stories in this year's data 
Um, you may recall that last year, Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire um, were some of the two of the countries that had one of the largest spikes in primary forest loss. Now, the, the absolute area is rather small, but from a, a percentage-wise, um, quite significant. Of course, these, these forests harbor um, extraordinarily valuable biological diversity. And the good news this year was a significant drop compared to last year in that primary tree cover loss in both Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire. And um, what is very interesting um, is that both of those countries have been participating in internationally supported schemes to try to line up incentives for countries to protect their forests. Um, you know, on the one hand, uh, there's Red Plus Finance um, agreed for Ghana. And on the other hand, a, um, an initiative called the Cocoa and Forest Initiative to get deforestation out of cocoa supply chains. And both of those um, were progressing um, in 2019. And so a really interesting question um, for researchers to pursue now is, you know, to what extent can we confidently uh, attribute the reduction in primary forest loss in 2019 to those initiatives um, that have been advancing with international support. So again, suggestive of, of what we might be able to do to stop deforestation um, in those countries and elsewhere. It sounds as though, although the, the overall picture, the overall global picture, there's a lot of negative news about, but there's enough positive examples uh, of, of where tree cover loss is, is being prevented or slowed down or even reversed for us to feel as though the, the battle isn't entirely lost. I mean, you work closely with this. How do you feel? No, that's exactly right. I mean, despair is, is not the right reaction to this. Um, we do, as I say, we do actually have quite a lot of uh, data and analysis now that, that makes us pretty confident about what can be done um, to, to slow and, and halt deforestation. And so the, the questions now about how do we line up incentives for governments to um, empower them uh, to take the hard decisions, often to challenge vested interests, and do the things that need to be done in terms of policy reforms, law enforcement, you know, protecting indigenous rights, you know, the, the list of things that, that you know, have been demonstrated to, to work. Um, what I'm concerned about, though, is that, remember, everything we're seeing in this data um, released this week happened before any of us had ever even heard of COVID-19. We, we need to look at these numbers and the drivers and the threats and the opportunities in a whole new light that includes um, the significant uh, effects of the pandemic itself in terms of human health and well-being, but also the threats and opportunities that are related to the associated economic crisis and government efforts to dig their economies out of that crisis. And so I think that needs to be the focus of our attention right now. Yes, it wouldn't be 2020 if there wasn't a COVID angle uh, to it. And, and do you see that, that that affecting, for instance, supply chains that reach into forested areas or other dynamics um, be, beyond the, you know, what we already know, because of course the, the COVID impacts are going to go on for many years. That's right. And I, I think the first thing to say, just in terms of a, you know, immediate impact on our fellow human beings is that now we have yet another reason to really double down and stop the burning. 
because when you're having a health crisis based on you know a respiratory disease, the last thing we need is smoke from forest fires to compound the suffering of individuals and to compound the overburdening of, of often fragile health systems that are currently trying to deal with this pandemic. So that's probably you know an urgent uh, priority right now everywhere is to to do double down on whatever can be done to prevent and control um, forest fires. I think many of the other linkages are having to do with the, the economic um, crises. And there's a um, great potential in, in some areas for people who have lost their jobs or who may have migrated from cities back to rural areas, really having no alternatives, but to turn to the forest for you know, eking out a subsistence, whether through an increase in hunting or gathering of forest products, so it's, you know, small scale timbering or small scale clearing um, for agriculture. And it's important that we not criminalize that activity if it's born of, you know, uh, desperation and, and hunger, but rather provide people with alternatives, be it, you know, a, a guaranteed basic income, you know, through the crisis or the creation of green jobs, you know, uh, for an alternative source of employment. But I think that's that's certainly one thing to be to be alert to. Um, more pernicious and, and probably potentially larger scale damage is the likely bad actors taking advantage of law enforcement authorities being distracted and being constrained either by you know, constrained mobility or constrained budgets during the economic crisis to go in and you know, scale up their illegal logging activities or illegal clearing for pasture or poaching or illegal mining or the many other things that are, are driving forest loss. And I um, think we need to, to also you know, keep our eye on the ball in terms of continuing to support monitoring efforts such as the, the one that, that Global Forest Watch undertakes, um, but also um, shore up the law enforcement capacity to address uh, if, you know, and have early response to these incursions as we detect them, particularly in, in fragile places such as, you know, indigenous territories where it's both the forests and, you know, cultural integrity that are that are at stake. So um, especially in light of the fact that, you know, much of the forest loss we saw in 2019, even before the pandemic, was illegal, you know, uh, it, you know happening in national parks, in protected areas, other places where it shouldn't be happening. Um, we really need to be vigilant to, to not see an increase um, driven by this, this uh, taking advantage of a difficult situation. Um, the third linkage that I would highlight is that um, there will be a temptation among governments to bail out economies on the backs of forests. You know, seeing forests as a land bank for expansion of commercial agriculture to boost exports or loosening restrictions on, on logging to, you know, have a, um, another way to, to jumpstart economies. And that would be a profound mistake for many reasons. And we've actually seen this movie before in um, the context of, say, the aftermath of the Asian financial crisis in Indonesia. And so we really need to um, support governments to um, take the positive opportunities to use the recovery efforts to shift transitions to more sustainable development paths. Um, for example, by conditioning debt relief on you know, deforestation free commodity supply chains, rather than relaxing uh, regulations as a way of boosting the economy. Well, thanks very much indeed, Francis Seymour. Thanks for this uh, expert overview of the latest global forest watch figures. 
on tropical tree loss. And of course, anyone can find out more at wri.org or globalforestwatch.org, or you can track down Global Forests on Twitter. I'm Nicholas Walton, and thanks for listening.